Welcome to this podcast. This is going to be about the life and times of Tim Heal. In this series of podcasts, I'm going to take you through my life from birth to retirement. I will be covering some of the major events in my life and some of the successes and failures that I've had during my lifetime. So sit back, strap yourself in, it's going to be a bit of a bumpy ride. Welcome to episode 18 of the Tim Hill Podcast. In this episode, we get into 2010 and an awful lot happened to me in this particular year and then we'll go on into a couple of years after. But to start with, the beginning of 2010, I took a group of guys to the British Telemark Championships in Rowis in Austria. Once again, I'd like to apologise for the background noise in this. We're in Scotland at the moment and it's pouring with rain. Because it's pouring with rain, I decided today would be a good day to be able to sit down and record this particular episode. In December 2009, I took a group of guys to Twickenham to do the flag duty for the Barbars New Zealand game. And a couple of days later, I took another bunch of guys down to Caterham to Kenley Airfield and we went gliding with the volunteer gliding school there, which is belongs to the the air cadets. And every one of the guys managed to get at least three flights in. So a good day was had by all, including myself. We returned from leave on Monday the 4th of January 2010. And on Wednesday the 6th of January, I took myself, along with five guys, down to Rowis in Austria to compete in the Army Telemark Championships which was part of the British Telemark Championship. The first time ever the British were going to host an FIS World Championship Telemark race right in the middle of the championships and the guys got to see the world professionals skiing in a real competition and help out on some of the gates and moving stuff about. So they had a real opportunity to see what the sport was really about at the top end. When we returned from skiing, we had a couple of days to get ready for the combat fitness test. And for the guys, including myself, this was uh, an eight mile tab in full kit, carrying 25 kilos, plus your weapon and helmet. It's no mean feat, I can tell you. And then the following week, we were getting ready then to go off to the ranges for a few days before going to Sennybridge for a week's training. I went up with the guys to Sennybridge for the training and only spent three days up there as I had to come back down to Amport House to do the visiting officers course, which was a two day course to become a visiting officer. In amongst all this training, during February, we had the normal Queen's Guards and Windsor Guards along with I had two opportunities for the guys to go to Twickenham for the Six Nations. We had Wales to start with at the beginning of February and then we also had Ireland at the end of the month. So I managed to get quite a few guys to Twickenham to do the flags out on the pitch. Just going back to Christmas leave, I'd proposed to Rowena and she accepted and we decided that we'd try and get married in the April of 2010. And she said, well, you organise it and I'll just sort my dress out. So I did. So I spent the time looking around for a venue. 
and I thought it would be fantastic if we could get married in the guards' chapel and have our breakfast lunch in the science mess in Wellington Barracks. So I set the plan in motion. I went and saw the, the Padre and all the rest of it, got that all organised and booked. Went to see the mess manager, got that all organised and booked. And uh, that's what we did. A bit more on the wedding shortly, but just before that, at the end of February, it was the 27th of February, I took the guys to Twickenham and we watched England Island. The following day, Sunday the 28th of February, was my granddaughter's christening. She was christened at Stevenage in a church up there. And she was christened Lily Marie Hill Caldwood, which put Denise's nose right out of joint. I don't think she was happy about the Hill bit in the, in the name, but that's what Corinne wanted and that's what Corinne got. I was really happy about it, obviously. That March of 2010 was another busy month with Queen's Guards and Windsor Guards, because they kept those separate. Queen's Guards that took about 48 blokes to do, and a Windsor Guard only 12 blokes. So there was a bit of a mixed match. Um, occasionally, you'd get both guards on together, which was, from Woolwich, a nightmare to do a Windsor, because you had to start extra early, get all the way around to, to Windsor to be able to mount the guard. And the Queen's Guard, they were obviously up at early o'clock in the morning to do those guards. In amongst the guards that we're doing, um, I also organised a trim course for lots of the guys. Everybody above Lance Corporal and above should go on a trim course. And the trim course is a trauma incident management course that all soldiers should know about and be able to go through the process should something happen. On top of all of the rest of this that was going on, my other duties were, as a welfare officer, is to make sure that guys were marching in and out of their quarters in the correct manner, being able to make sure that the guys weren't overcharged when they're leaving a quarter, should they leave it in a mess or whatever. A lot of my time was taken up with guys marching in and out of quarters because we had guys coming and going all the time. We got guys coming down from training and then we got guys that have been in the company for some time they would then move on to the battalion. So I suppose they came to, to us to do their kind of phase three training for guards, which is ceremonial duties, which is the whole point of the incremental companies. I also maintained my visits up to Harrogate and Catrick just to see the guys that were coming through training, just to make them aware of what they were expected when they come down to London. Occasionally, guards would get themselves into trouble. Well, all young fellas get themselves into trouble occasionally. But we had one young lad that had been AWOL and done some bits and pieces, and he went on orders, and he was being jailed, and he was going off to Colchester, and I was part of the escort to take him down there. Now, I don't know whether anybody's ever been to, to the Glass House in Colchester, which is the military corrective training centre, but... When you turn up there, you're supposed to march a guy to the desk. And anyway, they treated the, the escorts worse than they treat the guys that are going under sentence. I wasn't happy about that. I went and had a word with them when they tried to treat me like that. I put them straight. I did a few other escorts throughout the years and never seemed to have any trouble after that. Then we come to April and Easter was over the first weekend in April, which just happened to be my birthday. 
Roe cooked me an extra special dinner for my, my birthday treat. And then we spent the rest of the week getting ready for the wedding. The following week was a manic week for me, trying to get everything, the last minute details squared away and everything like that. Got it done. The day of the wedding, oh, the weather was perfect. You couldn't have I actually booked the weather and said, we want nice sunshine, warm weather, which we got on the day, which was... Yeah, it was okay for me because I was in my blues, my number one dress, which was a bit warm, I must say. And Ro, unbeknown to me, had a champagne gold dress and she had black adornments in her hair to go with the regimental colours of the, the 2nd Battalion, which is black and gold. So she looked an absolute picture. And in when we went into the Gars Chapel itself, they had the flowers from the week before because it was Easter the week before and the flowers were primarily red and gold, which is the colours of the, the 1st Battalion. So we thought this was quite amusing, especially since Roe had sorted out the, the, the flowers or the arrangements for the mess and they were in glass bowls and she used the, the regimental colours to, to make up the roses and there was red red and gold roses and there was black and gold roses and the funny part about all of this is that the mess are still using these table ornaments to this day and I don't think they quite realised that they were Royal Anglian colours in a guard's mess. We divided 40 people of our closest friends and some family in the morning when they turned up, I'd arranged them to have a bacon sandwich and a cup of coffee. What they actually got was almost a full breakfast. The guys had turned to and put a fantastic spread on for them. After they'd had a bit of breakfast and a, and, a, and a coffee, they then went down onto the square and they managed to catch the, the, the beginning of the guard mount. So they was able to watch the guard mount just before coming across into the guard's chapel. And the Gars Chapel was really stunning that particular day. And we managed to get some fantastic photos inside the chapel of the two of us set up with the, the, the colours and the altar and, and the gold and, and all the rest of it in, in the Gars Chapel was fantastic. It was also still open to the public. And when we came out of the chapel, there was uh, loads and loads of tourists about. And we felt like we were real celebrities because they was all there, whoa, taking pictures of us. There was Japanese, there was all sorts of people. And we felt like real proper, proper load of toffs. And then we got taken in through the gates and then into the, the camp itself and off to the mess for our, our wedding breakfast. The, the chefs had just long, not long been back from uh, Afghanistan and they were getting ready for a big competition and they were testing out some of their some of their um, signature pieces on us and it was terrific absolutely terrific you couldn't have wished for a better wedding breakfast than what these guys laid on for us and it was a really really special occasion and they kept the cost right down for us so it was brilliant the wedding breakfast was all done and dusted by about half past five, six o'clock and everybody dispersed apart from a few of us. Ro and myself went back to our honeymoon suite in the Victory Services Club and that evening we were going to go out with a few friends and the boys and we were going to go and see Oliver 
up at the A Market. We had some fantastic seats and we had a really good sing-along. My old mate um, Alan and Jackie were there as well and they came along with us and they were stopping in the same hotel as us. And we got back there after and it just so happens there was a couple of other mates that I'd known from before and we all sat around and had a really good drink and a chat. And it was about half past two in the morning that Ro nudged me and said, it is our wedding night. And unfortunately the blokes hadn't realised and they felt devastated at this. Anyway, we, then we all went off to bed and that was great. After the wedding, I'd booked the following week off so I could move all my stuff out of the uh, out of my room and move it all round to Caterham. And the week after, we had a long weekend in Norway. We went off to, to Bergen, we flew into Bergen and then we drove up to Voss and had a, a couple of days skiing in Voss. Well, I had a couple of days skiing. Rowan Jones gave it a try, but didn't really get on with it too well. But we had a really good time anyway. Ro and I had actually booked a cruise for our honeymoon a little bit later in the year. And I'll come to that when we get there. I can't exactly remember when I did it, but it must have been at one of the uh, regimental gatherings or reunions. I was having a chat with the who was the RSM of Three Royal Anglin at the time and said that um, I'd never actually done a, a colour party and I wouldn't mind doing it. Anyway, sometime later, I got a call from the RSM as the 3rd Battalion and said, would I like to do a, a, an escort to the colour for a medal parade and a freedom parade in Bury St Edmunds? And I said, I'd love to. So on the 23rd of May... 2010 I turns up at Bury St Edmunds and we did some rehearsals with the guys and I did an escort to the colour for a medal parade and a freedom parade of Bury St Edmunds for the 3rd Battalion. They'd just come back off of two operations. Some of the guys have been on Op Herrick and some of the guys have been on Op Tosca. Op Tosca is United Nations tour of Cyprus and it's the first time that the regiment had been granted freedom of Bury St Edmunds, considering that it's our home for the regimental headquarters of the Royal Anglia Regiment. So it's a great honour for me to be able to do this. It wasn't long after this that we actually moved from Woolwich into Wellington Barracks. And then that's when my commute started from Caterham. Well, I used to get the train from Upper Warlingham into Victoria every day and they used to walk round to, to the camp at uh, Wellington Barracks, which is just around the corner in Petit France. At first, this seemed quite a novelty compared with the drive that I had round to Woolwich every day. The drive to Woolwich is a nightmare. I used to go most days on a motorbike, and if I had to take the car, it used to take me twice as long. So actually driving down to the station at Upper Wallingham, getting on a train, and then being in work, inside an hour used to be quite a novelty to start with it soon became a daily grind with the the strikes on one thing and another that they happened over the years uh, on southern railway the service wasn't fantastic you couldn't actually rely on it some mornings we'd have a 12 coach tra train other mornings that 12 coach train was down to four coaches trying to get 12 coaches worth of people into it it was a nightmare. It wasn't great fun, I must admit. I've been doing it for some time and um, I suppose it was getting towards the, the autumn 
and the weather occasionally became inclement and we'd get rain. One particular morning, I used to see this young lady on the, the train every day, catching the same train as me every day, and normally catching sometimes the same train home in the evening. We didn't actually ever spoke, but we sort of nodded at each other occasionally. This particular morning, it was pissing down with rain, and I was stood in a normal place at the end of the, the platform waiting for the train to come in, and she came up. She had her umbrella up, and she said, would you like to share my umbrella? And she's become a really good mate to myself and Ro. And we'd be on the train in the morning and we'd be chatting away all the way into London. And I suppose we uh, we probably annoyed a lot of people around us because generally the commuter train in the morning is a quiet thing and, and people are sort of just doing their own thing and, and trying to wake up or, or still snoozing, trying to get into work. But um, yeah, we used to chat all the time about all sorts of things. One of the great things about working in central London is the opportunities you come by occasionally. Over in Horse Guards, occasionally they get uh, tickets to go to London theatres and quite regularly there'll be an email ping round for, for there'll be tickets for a particular show that evening and I'd grab them, two tickets uh, to go to London shows and give Row a quick call saying, come up to London, we're going to the theatre tonight and we're going to see some fantastic shows. I've been to see half a sixpence about half a dozen times. It's great, really like it. Um, and we've been to see plays, we've been to see ballet, we've been to see all sorts. And it's all courtesy of, of people donating to tickets for troops. So if you do find yourself with a few bob to spare, and you want to give it to a good cause, Tickets for Troops is a really good charity that helps out soldiers that can't afford to go to London shows. Because if you go and try and get a ticket for a London show nowadays, you won't get to see much change out of about 60 to £100 for a ticket each. The other big thing in London in June is the Troop. And the Troop is one of the major events of the summer for the Guards. And they spend best part of the spring doing spring drills all getting ready to go and do the troop and on the troop day I managed to wangle it that I got a little job over in Allscards doing a bit of program selling and stuff like that the first time I did it consequently further down the line I managed to bag a proper little job on the actual day of the Queen's birthday parade after the parade itself all the guards went back to the barracks and the science mess have what they call it the troop lunch so it's like a, a formal dinner after the troop lunch uh, that goes on into the evening and it's a, a, a bit of a dance and all that as well but normally it's it's not the the actual guys themselves that are enjoying the day they it's all their hanger honors all their mates and the, the past guys that have served and done it they're the guys that enjoy it on this particular one the garrison sergeant major billy mott he normally has a couple of tables worth of people, so he has about 20 odd people there of all his mates and that that, uh, that come and enjoy the troop lunch. Because the guys, they're so knackered at the end of it, they, they normally don't last much beyond sort of nine o'clock at night and <laughs> they've faded away. But it's a cracking day out. So that was it. Once the troop was out of the way, Ro and I then managed to get off and went on our honeymoon. And we went on a cruise and we went on up to did the fjords 
which was lovely. And what we did, we took, Ro took her wedding dress and I took my blues and we got some professional photos done on the ship uh, and we're still hanging them up in our, in our house at the moment just to remind us of what a fantastic day our wedding was. We had an absolute fantastic time on the cruise. However, having said that, the weather just wasn't playing the game. Every time we went into a port, it was pouring down, absolutely pissing down. We've never seen wet like it. Fortunately, we had sort of our waterproof gear, which was great, and, and we had a fantastic time. There's a lot of people complaining about it, but we didn't. We, we were just having an absolute ball. We enjoyed every moment of it. The food was outstanding. Uh, the scenery was something else, although a lot of the time you couldn't see it through the rain. Rose's son Grant was up at Harrogate doing his training, and he was due to pass out at the, at the middle of August, and we were going to go up there for his passing out parade. I'd already been up there a few times, with my job to see the other guys that are going through, but I was also keeping a good eye on Grant while he was up there. And he seemed to be doing really well. And at the end of the day, we went up there and we saw his passing out parade. And it was one of the biggest passing out parades that they had at Harrogate ever. And there was about seven or eight platoons that were going through. And it was massive. It was a really, really, really good day. Roe was so proud of him, and I think Dave would have been as well. We took a couple of weeks' leave at, when he after his passing out parade, and we had a week in stupor with some friends, and it was a really nice getaway uh, to go to Greece for a week, get a bit of sunshine, bit of a uh, bit of swimming and that sort of thing. Uh, it was really pleasant. And then when we came back from that, Grant then went off to Catrick to do his Phase 2 training. With my background of organising adventurous training, I was tasked with a sailing week for some of the guys on the guard yacht Gladeye. So I set to about doing the, uh, the, the JASAFA, which is a Joint Service Form Alpha, which is the form that you have to do up to be able to go and do adventurous training, and it covers all the, the necessary, all about the how to finance it, all about the health and safety of it, all about all the details that you have to put down to be able to go and do anything in the military nowadays. Um, so I drew, drew this up and then I was tasked to, to, to lead it and go with it. So I ended up going and having a week sailing on Gladeye. This week took us down to Gosport where the boat is kept. We set off, the first place we went to was to Pool Harbour. And we had a day in Pool and a night in Pool. And the following day, we then set off across the channel for Cherbourg. We'd been out for a few hours and we were just uh, getting into the channel itself and the weather was turning really nasty on us. So we ended up coming around the south of the Isle of Wight, back into Portsmouth. We had a night in Portsmouth and then we set off the following morning uh, across the channel and we finally made it to Cherbourg. And we had two days in Cherbourg before sailing back to Gosport. This gave me the bug for sailing again. I'd already done some sailing a long time in the past, but this rekindled my, my thirst for sailing. I then organised a couple more expeditions or other adventurous training weekends or weeks on Gladeye. I then managed to put myself onto a day skipper shore base course and a day skipper 
practical course down at the Joint Services Adventurous Sail Training Centre in Gosport. I did it ask about face. I actually did the practical course first, passed that, and then the following week I went and did the, the theory course. Normally you do the theory course and then the practical course. For some reason they got mine mixed up and I ended up doing the, the practical course first. But all was well, I passed it. Uh, before the following year in 2011 I organised uh, an expedition to take Gladeye up to the Baltic on a 10 week expedition uh, using four different units so it was a massive task to organise this but I ended up going up to Denmark and spending four weeks up there on Gladeye during the latter stages of 2010 I was organising to go to the Telemark Championships again in Rowis. This time I was going to take some more guys and this time I was managing to get some equipment through Enoughfield Trust and the unit grant. So we bought half a dozen sets of Telemark skis and, and boots and bindings and, and poles. I took up half a dozen guys to the Telemark Championships in 2011. And we did quite well. And a couple of guys actually won some prizes uh, for first and second place in the novice stages of the game. I also came back with a few uh, medals. I'd gone on to uh, an ad hoc team of a couple of mates and we did particularly well. We, we had a third and a second place uh, as a team. So we did pretty good. All in all, we justified us being there. 2011 was proving to be another really busy year for me. What with the, the skiing already done and out of the way, I was booked on some courses. I was still running the rugby team and we were still actually sort of actually managed to get out and playing the odd game, or it was the odd game. I think we played about four games in total that whole year. And then we had the troop to look forward to, beating retreat. And the beating retreat gave me a new opportunity to go and do something different. They needed security on the north door and the north door was where the VIPs came in to go up to the general's office in horse guards. I managed to bag this little duty so I had a couple of guardsmen with me and I was in charge of the north door and we were taking hats and coats and stuff like that as people were coming in. It was a great laugh, really enjoyed it and we got to see the, the, got to see the beaten retreat as well. The guards lay on a beaten retreat every year just before the Queen's birthday parade. And it's the two nights, the, the Wednesday and the Thursday night before the troop, the actual Queen's Birthday Parade, that they put this on. And it's all about the, the mass bands of the household division laying on a spectacular event to show the Queen for her birthday. It was just after this that I went off to Denmark and had four weeks on Gladeye. Two, two different trips, basically. Uh, we were based out of Kiel and... I had the first two weeks there, which was planned, and the second two weeks was unplanned because one of the guys that couldn't come up to be uh, the first mate couldn't make it, so I was asked if I could stay on. It was all cleared by the boss, so I had four weeks up there. The next biggest event on the calendar was Remembrance. The Thursday before Remembrance is the opening of the Field of Remembrance at Westminster Abbey. And I had the honour of being representative with my regiment at the Field of Remembrance. And afterwards, we went, joined with the rest of the Royal Anglians that were there, and we went to the Farmers Club for lunch. 
and this was going to be our first opportunity to do a remembrance parade in central London. And my job on that particular day was I was assistant chief usher to the master of the parade. So the adjutant was the, the master of the parade and my particular role was to come down to Queen Anne's Gate and I was to make sure that London Transport left at the right stage of the parade as it came past. So the bands were coming down, the guards were coming down, the, the Royal Navy came down and all the rest of it. And my job was to make sure that London Transport was stood in Queen Anne Gate and then they would go out and join the parade at a certain place and then they would march up and then on to Horse Guards and then out onto Whitehall for the actual ceremony. And then uh, once the ceremony was over and they, all the, the veterans were doing their march past, I was going to be up on the corner of Horse Guards Parade and I was trying to keep some sort of order and spacing of the troops that were coming round or the veterans that were coming round to, to do the second march past and then take the salute onto Horse Guards Parade before they got fell out. So it was a big responsibility and I had a great time interacting with the crowd. And then we had a, a, a curry lunch after in the mess. And so Ro came up and joined us for that and it was a grand day. So all in all, we were having a fantastic life at this time. We, we got the opportunity to go to the theatre on several occasions, which was brilliant. Life was just really good at this time. On a Thursday evening, I used to go round to our neighbours, Wendy, and we used to talk sailing and we used to talk guards and stuff like that. Wendy had lived in Caterham most of her life and she had worked up in London. She was the first female underwriter for Lloyds of London. So she was quite high up. She was well respected and all the rest of it. And I used to go down around there and we used to sit and chat away and have a drink on a Thursday night. We used to call it Thirsty Thursdays. So that's where I'm going to leave this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. In the next episode, there'll be more of what I got up to in London and the liberties that I took. Thank you for listening. Mm -hmm.